This is Help Wanted, the show that makes your work work for you. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm money expert Nicole Lappin. On Tuesdays, Jason and I answer the helpline and help callers solve their work problems. And on Thursdays, I give you one way to improve your work and build a career or company you love. And it starts now. Nicole, do you know what the letters A-I-T-A stand for? A-I-T-A. At it. Nope. Eh. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> oh, yes, actually, yes. Oh, really? So, you're not spending enough time on Reddit. It is a great Reddit subreddit called Am I the Asshole, where people post questions of a situation that they have been in, and they don't know if they are the asshole in the situation. And I got an email, and my reaction to it, personally, I didn't say anything mean, but I did not feel good about this email. But now I'm not sure if I am the asshole. Can I read this email to you and you tell me if I'm the asshole for hating it? Oh, I would for sure tell you. Yeah. I know you would come to you for all my am I the asshole needs. (laughs) Okay. The email subject line is podcast guest suggestion. Hi, Jason and team. Nice to see a podcaster like yourself doing things a little different to all the other usual pods, which, all right, whatever. It's buttering me up. I work with serial entrepreneur and disruptor person. We'll just call him Steve. I think he would be a great fit for your show. He also has a big podcast called. Steve's podcast, we'll say, <laughs> with over a thousand episodes. Steve, and then, okay, this is the part right now that I'm not sure if I'm the asshole about. In parentheses, after he has a big podcast, this is what it says Steve is not currently taking guests at the moment, but feel free to reach out in the future, in parentheses. And then it goes on to pitch Steve for my podcast. So, in other words, hi, I work with Steve. Steve's a big deal. He's got a big podcast. You are not allowed on his podcast, but (laughs) Steve should be on your podcast. I find this deeply offensive. I don't like this one bit. I feel like if you're going to come and say, this guy should be on your show, then I should be allowed on his show. And to be upfront about that not being an option, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I think that there should be reciprocity built into these kinds of things. Am I the asshole? Am I expecting too much? Steve's person is the asshole in this situation, but you are the asshole for thinking that there should be reciprocity. (laughs) Everyone's the asshole. Explicitly. There's a lot of assholes here. But I think that Steve's person is the asshole because like this happens a lot in the podcast world. It's called a pod swap. Or guest swap. Guest swap. They go on your show and it's a reciprocity type of arrangement, right? It's a quid pro quo of podcasting. And sometimes it's just a guest booking. And what he wanted to do, but probably preempt what maybe he's gotten as a follow up from other people is, okay, cool, come on our show. We'd love to go on your show, like, and do it as a swap. So I think that if they didn't want to do it as a swap and they just wanted Steve to come on Help Wanted. This is for the entrepreneur show that I, I host. We do not need to speak of it. Okay, because I was like, let me out of if this was for us. I just think that he could have felt the same way, but not said it. And that's why he's the asshole. What? By the way, I'm going to just say before we go too deep into this, that the reason you and I should be talking about this today is not just the special details of my 
fragile ego and what podcasts I do or don't get invited into, but rather because this kind of thing shows up in business all the time is a question of reciprocity. If I do a thing for you, should you have to do a thing for me, for example? And I think this comes up a lot. People always wonder, can I ask for something without having to give something? Should I find some way to give something as a way of getting something? And that's what we're going to be digging into today. But this was a nice entry point because in this case, I really felt like I deserved something in this request and I didn't get it. And that left me feeling hollow and petty. (laughs) Well, you are neither of those things. You are very full and you are the opposite of petty. Sure. Tom. That's not the opposite of petty. (laughs) That joke didn't even make sense. But I love that you said that. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, I'm pulling up the email. So what about if Steve's person wrote this to you instead? Hey, Jason, nice to see that you're doing awesome things with the Entrepreneur Show. I particularly liked this interview. I probably would have changed it that way. Right, because just to know what you're doing there is... You're opening with some level of specificity about something that you liked that they did instead of just generically saying you like what they do because that could easily be applied to everybody and it shows that you put literally zero effort into it. So you have programmed at least some small amount of effort into the opening line of this email that you're constructing. Yeah, because I think it's nuanced. If you really are not down with reciprocity and you're just asking for something, then put your back into it. So judge it. I'm judging it to make it a little bit more personal. And then, okay, I work with this big fucking deal, Steve-O, and he would be an awesome fit for your show. Here's why. I'd probably judge that part too. And then I would just say, let me know what you think. Love to chat more about it. What if it just ended there? That would have been smarter because you know what? If she didn't mention that he has a big podcast, I wouldn't have even known that he has a big podcast. I don't follow Steve. I don't pay any attention to Steve. So it was kind of like if I go to my kids who are four and eight years old and I say, kids, I bought cookies, but you can't have the cookies. Sorry. (laughs) They weren't thinking about cookies before I said that, but now the only thing they want are cookies. That's right. And so the only reason that you're upset is because of that line, really. Yeah, it's true. Is because... They said, we have cookies and you can't have any. (laughs) Yes. Now you're just pissed about the show. And so that's their mistake. That's the reason they're an asshole. But the spirit of it is not assholery. It's not. The spirit of her email was not assholery. The spirit of what they're doing, the spirit of their strategy. By the way, I see the real name of this guy. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. (laughs) So Steve-O's not that important, but they really believe that Steve-O's important. So they're trying to get him on more shows. That's their strategy. And they can say internally, we're not having any more guests on Steve's show, only Barack Obama. Right. <laughs> if it's not Barack Obama, it's Barack <laughs> or bust. I don't know. So that could be fine. I am fine with that strategy. We have a similar strategy around here. We just don't go writing asshole emails about it. And that's okay. To just go on other shows for press, totally fine. That is not an inherent quid pro quo. I know sometimes you feel this way because there's been other examples of this, but the spirit of this, I don't have a problem with. I think that it makes sense that you were a little perturbed about it because the way they wrote it was definitely in the asshole vein. Yeah, I was feeling a little Tom Petty. Okay. What you've done here is very useful in that 
here we are having a conversation about reciprocity and where it belongs in business discussions, work discussions. And what you have identified is that it is within the control of the person who speaks first to set some kind of terms for the kind of conversation and whether anyone's even thinking about reciprocity to follow. Because there are two ways you can go about this if you're reaching out to somebody. Either number one, you can anticipate something of what they want and you can build that into the way in which you reach out to them. Hey, I would love for you to do this thing for me. Also, I know that this is important to you and I happen to be able to help you with whatever the thing is. So you could be really explicit about the reciprocity or you could anticipate that people sometimes think about reciprocity and be very mindful of what you do or do not volunteer about the things that are available to you. <laughs> because either way, you're going to be controlling in some way what the other person's going to be thinking. You're going to set the tone for how they react to it and what they might want or might not even know they want. It's interesting that you explicitly want people to talk about reciprocity. I think that maybe that comes up in a world where it's a cold email like this, where you're like, I don't know, this person from Bobo. And so that makes it a little bit more palatable, I guess. Or it's like, here's what's in it for you, which perhaps could scoot it up to a higher priority or scoot it up to being less likely to be deleted or whatever. But I think in general, relationships, especially in business, are long-term value exchanges. I don't think I've ever explicitly been like, cool, cool, I'll do this for you, you do this for me. No, but I bet something that you have done plenty of times is you've said some version of, and let me know how I can help, right? Like, oh, thanks so much for doing that. And let me know how I can help if there's anything you're working on. Because you're right, longer-term relationships, one where there's already some kind of trust established will only function because there's give and take. And that should just be built into it and doesn't have to be articulated every single time. But if you're cold starting here, or if you're looking for some kind of transaction, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine at a large tech company asked me if she could get a hold of a big name who I'm friendly with. Right? So uh, we'll just call, <laughs> we got a lot of pseudonyms here. We're just going to say my friend at a big tech company wants to get a hold of Amanda. And Amanda's a big deal. Amanda's very busy. I happen to know Amanda. And my friend at the big tech company wants to ask Amanda a favor. And I said to my friend at the big tech company, I said, you know, I know Amanda is very busy. I'm not opposed to making an introduction. But is there something that you have access to at the big tech company that Amanda would be interested in? Because I think that it would be more powerful if you reached out and said, hey, Amanda, I would love some time for this thing that I'm interested in. And also, because I work at this big tech company, I would love to connect you with XYZ thing, which in this case was that the big tech company hosts talks and those talks are prominent and they're a thing that a lot of people want to do. And so my friend at the big tech company said, that's a really smart idea. Let me do that. I made the introduction. And my friend at the big tech company said, hello, Amanda, I would really love your insights on this thing if you have a little bit of time. Also, I think you would be really great for this thing that we do at the big tech company. Would you be interested in that? Now, at that point, we're coming with a package deal. I want something from you. I also have something for you. And Amanda said, yes. And everybody was happy. And I think that was a much, much smarter approach. Interesting, because 
I don't know if you know, ultimately, especially if this is a cold situation, well, you are the conduit, but like, what is actually going to be helpful to them? So in this scenario, they're assuming that you going on the show would be something helpful. Let's say you have your own strategy and you don't want to do any other shows. And so that's actually not helpful. And something different would be helpful. And so I've sent emails like this when I've asked for blurbs for my book. Hey, I'd love for you to endorse it. Here are some pre-done sentences that you could sign up for. So it's easy. Let me know if I can be helpful in any way with whatever you're working on. Blah, blah, blah. Like very open-ended. I wasn't like, hey, pick from one of these sentences and then you can come on my show. Like what if they don't fucking want to come on my show? What if they don't want to come on any shows? What if they just want to hide in the fetal position? What if they got a facelift and they don't want to be seen? I have no fucking clue. Right. And so I think what's presumptuous about that is knowing that the thing you're offering is actually going to be valuable because to everybody, they're going to find value or help in probably unlikely places that you don't know because you don't know that person. That's true. But is there a middle ground here? Because that person may not know how you can be useful. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, and look, this is not a thing that happens to everybody. I understand this is like a thing of total privilege that because I have a fancy job, people just want to please me. But they will say, sometimes out of nowhere, let me know how I can be helpful. And the thing is, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know enough of what you do. (laughs) I don't know what assets you have. I don't know what people you know. I have no idea how you could be helpful to me. And so I would love some ideas. So if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, here's a thing that I would love you to do. Also, I'd really love to be helpful to you. Here are some starter ideas of things that I could do. I have this. You want to be on this podcast or I could make this kind of connection or I'm associated with these companies in case you want me to make an intro about something. Like just a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'm just being Tom Petty, but I think that would get me to respond to an email more than just, uh, "Ah, if it could be useful, let me know. I don't know if you could be useful. You couldn't guess at some point if you met Steve-O and he came on your show and you guys had a good rapport, because that's ultimately what it comes down to, too. You don't want to be set up in a situation where you're tied to doing something for a person you don't know until you meet them. And maybe there's something totally bigger that you don't know. You meet him, you connect with him, you decide to start a company with him, you decide to have a baby with him, a business baby. I don't know, whatever. We're we're a real baby. Anything's possible. We don't judge. (laughs) Anything's fucking possible. And so that could be bigger and better. Or you could meet him and you're like, I don't want to be on his show. Fuck this guy. (laughs) And so I think that having this arranged marriage thing before you even start one component of working together is odd. And I think that having a long-term network, you're always going to find things and it's just never going to be on a timeline versus this kind of transactional networking, which I've always steered away from. But knowing in the back of my mind, okay, if there's something that comes up, maybe I can ask these people and you put it in a big old bank. Because there's, as you remember from my third book, Jason, that you read many, many times. I have it memorized word for word. There are three components to a relationship, and you have to have two out of the three. You can't just have one. It is shared experience, shared values or hobbies or interests, and equality, reciprocal give-take. You can't have a person that you grew up with 
who is a crazy Trumper that you have nothing in common with and who just wants to take all your brain juice and never give you anything back, right? That doesn't work. And you can't have someone you just go play tennis with and is a user and you never knew before. That doesn't work. So you need two out of those three to have a strong relationship. And so I think in business, you're probably going to have a shared value of some sort. You're going to be in the same space. So if you grew up with someone, maybe that's another added value. Fine. You feel a little bit more beholden to them. And there's this value exchange. And if you don't have a value exchange over time, it doesn't work for anyone. As you were talking, what came into full picture is the point that you made at the very beginning of this episode that indeed... I am the asshole. And the reason for that is because <laughs> because this woman mentioned that he has a podcast and it's big and no, I can't come on it, totally scrambled the way that I usually do think about these kinds of things, which is to be relationship first, not transaction first. And in fact, that is what I have been doing for the vast majority of my career, as you well know, where I will say yes to something that somebody wants, or I'll just go out of my way to help someone. And I won't ask them for a thing. I won't ask them for a thing for years. And I'm doing that because number one, I generally like building relationships. And because two, you know, look, even as you like building relationships and being a people-focused person, there's, I think, nothing wrong in also saying, you know, we're all trying to build things and sometimes we can help each other build things. And it's useful to know people because those people can help. And so I will be helpful to people and I will not make a transactional at all. But then years and years later, I might make a very strategic ask. And that's what I did when I launched my book. I had a whole list of people who I had done nice things for in the last number of years. The majority of them said yes. Some of them said no. One of them in particular didn't even respond. I want to talk about that one. Oh, okay. Let's talk about it. that person who we're not going to name, but okay. So I'll just finish my point here. That strategy has served me so well because I have wonderful relationships that are mutually beneficial, but are not based on just helping each other do things. They're based on that we like each other and that we're willing to do things for each other. And it was because this person dangled the podcast in front of my face and then yanked it away that I immediately became my kids who can't have the cookies that I just bought. And that is why Nicole, the response that you gave at the very beginning was absolutely genius. They were an asshole for presenting it that way. I am the asshole for not staying focused on the true North Star of interacting with people, which is relationship building and not the other thing. So, okay. I'm very interested to hear whatever you're going to say. So what we should set up without giving anything away, I spent years, I know I've known this person. We're going to call him Todd. Todd. For years, I've known Todd. You were not best friends. But professional acquaintances run in some of the same circles, met multiple times, emailed many, many times. Todd is extremely accomplished. If you're listening to this podcast, you would know Todd's name. And Todd has a reputation for not at all liking when people ask him for things, even though lots of people do lots of things for him. I have done many, many things for Todd. And so even though I knew this, that Todd does not like to be asked for things, you know, I thought it's worth a shot because Todd can help me a lot if he's willing to say yes. And I have done so much for Todd. And I reached out. I made a nice, very thoughtful ask to help me with my book launch. And Todd 
didn't respond at all, but through an intermediary, through a roundabout way, said no to somebody else, said no to my publicist. And I thought, that's an asshole. At least respond. I actually would have been fine if Todd said, you know, Jason, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. I'd love to find some way to help you out, but I can't do this because of whatever. I would have been fine with that. The thing that I was so offended by was just the way in which he didn't even engage, didn't acknowledge that there was a relationship, which made me feel like maybe there never was a relationship. Maybe on that one, I was wrong. Maybe I was just giving to this guy and he didn't care about me at all. That's Todd. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So I know Todd, and I think Todd is the asshole in this situation, but for the email that he never sent, I think that for this particular situation, I wish you did not in your head have this value exchange that was never discussed. I think you were so disappointed because you created a quid pro quo situation that 
the other person didn't co-sign on. And it's not like Steve in the beginning, a very explicit, weird cosign, right? And for that, it's just weird for other reasons. And that's a situation of cookies or saying no to the party, but wanting to be invited to the party and some other psychological things. For this, I think that you had predetermined what you wanted the quo part of the quid pro quo. I don't know. I don't know, lad. But you already determined what the value exchange was. Now, I think Todd could be valuable to you in other ways, potentially, if you were open to that. But your heart was set on this thing. And I think that if you were truly Todd's producer and none of this existed, would you book you on that show? Well, that's a good question. So the thing that you wanted from this guy, if you were in charge of that thing, Pretend you're not you. If you were the boss of that, would you hire you or bring you on? (laughs) Would I give me the thing that I want? It's a good question. And I see exactly where you're going with it. The honest answer is that I don't know. It's not an obvious yes, because I'm not the most famous person in the world. Like, If my name was Matthew McConaughey, then it would be easier to just say yes to me. I understand that I am not Matthew McConaughey. But I see a lot of people that Todd helps who I have never heard of and who I don't really understand the logic of why Todd worked with them. I can't figure it out. I thought it was within the realm of possibility. I also thought that he might say no, and I was fine with that. I just really was offended that I was totally ignored. But you are totally right. I want to give you credit for observing that I had created some kind of expectation in my head that he didn't sign on to and, you know, that we never discussed. Now, I'm trying to think of other people who I had like somewhat similar relationships with, but that went differently. I'll use one and I'll just use the real name because I like him, which is Gary Vaynerchuk. So Gary, I've also done a lot for. And when I asked Gary for help with the book, he was very happy to help in multiple ways. He had me on his podcast and he uh, blurbed my book. Now, I never said to Gary years ago, hey, Gary, let's build a relationship of mutual value, you know, like, well, let's trade favors. Like, I never said that to Gary. Gary never said that to me. But, you know, something that Gary did do throughout our interactions over the years that Todd, for example, never did do is that Gary would often say, if I can help you out, let me know. And a lot of people who I know who were ultimately helpful with the book launch did say that. And it's like, he wasn't being transactional, but he was definitely leaving the door open of like, hey, look, you know, I really appreciate that. If some way I can help you, let me know. And that shows you at the very least that this is a kind of person who is willing to engage in that kind of way where it's not transactional for the sake of being transactional, but it is signaling that there's an openness for helping each other. And I guess, you know, I like that kind of person more. And I like to be that kind of person. And I say, thank you. And I say that kind of stuff to people all the time. Let me know if I can help. And you do right by it, above and beyond. I appreciate that. But you're also right that like some people just don't do that. And you know, I guess they're not lying to you, right? They're not saying, let me know if I can help, and then ignoring you when you ask for help. Todd never made that offer, ever. So I guess it was on me to understand that. Well, I think in general, in finance, there are two truisms, buy low, sell high, and it's better to beat low expectations. And that is a really good life lesson 
to be clear, Todd is the asshole in this situation. But as a friend, I would just say you set yourself up for really high expectation that it was inevitable that you were going to feel disappointed. Just knowing Todd, I think that not saying how can I be helpful is just general assholery. You say it all the time. You do right by it. I try to do the same thing. I think it's just good business. But also, I would just like sort of pick apart what is in the realm of being helpful, but not harmful to the other person. I don't think if I were in charge of the thing you wanted, that you would be harmful for that thing you wanted. But I'm not sure if it would be helpful or if it would actually, I don't know. But let's say it was harmful. Let's say you wanted a thing that doesn't make sense at all. So instead of for Gary, if he said, cool, Jason, how could I be helpful? If you were like, hey, I would like your yacht. (laughs) Or like, I would like $5 billion. Yeah, something where I don't, yeah. Gary has a annual conference called VCon. You know, if I was like, Gary, I want to be the main face of VCon. Instead, make it J-Con. Right, right, right. That would not be helpful to Gary, right? Like, again, if my name was Matthew McConaughey, maybe he would have been excited. But my name is not. I understand that. But Gary was willing to give me something within the bounds of, which is that he had me on his podcast. And it was a perfectly fine episode. And hopefully it did well for him. I hope that as we're being vague here, that we're still making some kind of sense. What you're pointing out is that People want to be helpful to each other, but that doesn't mean that people get to bend the rules of the things that they're operating with. Just because I say, I'd love to be helpful to whoever, doesn't mean that if they come to me and say, I have a way that you can be helpful. And I say, oh, that's great. What is it? And they say, put me on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. I may not be able to fulfill that. I can't fulfill that. And that's because I have to still operate within the rules of the things that are available to me. And so I totally understand the point that you're making. I will tell you, though, what I would do, and I've done this many times because people weirdly, I don't know, is this weird? Does this surprise you? People are not shy at all about telling me that they want to be on the cover of a magazine. I would never say that to somebody, but people say that all the time to me. And I would say, I'm really sorry. That is not something I can do because the cover has these qualifications and et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But here's what I can do. And I would come up with something else, which maybe is. You got a book coming out. I'd be very happy to write an excerpt of your book on entrepreneur.com. Like I come up with something, something that does fit the logic of the world in which I operate, even if it's small. Because to me, when people ask for something, sometimes they're asking for the thing that they want. But you know, also sometimes they're putting themselves in a vulnerable position and they are also blindly walking up against the boundaries of whatever that relationship happens to be. And I will tell you that, again, If Todd had emailed me and said no, I would have been satisfied. If he had said, the thing that you want, I'm really sorry, it doesn't make sense. But congratulations on the book. I'd be happy to tweet it. (laughs) I would have said, great. That's awesome. Thank you. I'd be thrilled if you tweeted it. You have a lot of Twitter followers. Anything would have worked. It was the complete absence of engagement that was the thing that really stung me. I 100% agree with you. I think that even if he wrote back and he was like, no, on this big thing, so sorry, but love to be helpful. And then you even said, cool, cool. Can you tweet this thing? I think that even if he didn't suggest, which would have been the nice menchy thing for him to do, I think that not engaging with you was totally wrong. But I think the lesson potentially here for anyone 
trying to get on the cover of Entrepreneur. Don't ask, Jason. <laughs> um, but is to have general hopes and expectations for a reciprocal relationship, but don't have your heart set on one big thing going into it. That's like an unsaid agreement that you had with the person that was never actually agreed upon. That is true. A relationship where only one side knows that they're in a certain kind of relationship is a relationship destined to fail. It totally is. And sometimes the other part of the value exchange doesn't happen. And so maybe this is even another episode of how much do you give in the beginning, right? Without knowing if there's going to be a reciprocal nature, right? Because it sounds like you put a lot in the bank and you were banking on the bank giving you your money back and then sub. So we had a situation yesterday, actually, where we booked a woman for the other show that I do, a far less important show. Of course, Jason, the one with you is the most important. Absolutely. I don't care about Money Rehab, which comes out <laughs> Monday through Friday. You can find it wherever you find help on it. Thank you. And Morgan, our lovely, extraordinary executive producer, booked this person with the hopes that this firm that manages her would help us in other ways. So she came on and she was next level terrible. Like we'll go down <laughs> in <laughs> in the history of my 20 year journalism career as one of the worst interviews I've ever had. Wow. And I bet you've done some doozies. I've done some real doozies. Yeah. I used to be a local news reporter. I used to report on crack houses and whorehouses and all sorts of random shit. And this for sure will be in the top five worst people I've interviewed. So we're now trying to discuss how do we handle this? If it were up to me and I was like, Elon Musk, Fuck you, advertisers. We don't need you. We don't need anybody. If I could be true to what I think should happen, I mm -hmm. would never air that for anybody to see. <laughs> and I would pray that somehow I got that hour of my life and the brain cells that I lost during that time back. But we live in a world where we have to make nice nice. But the question is, how nice nice do we make when we don't know what the potential value exchange actually is? We're not sure. We could say, hey, we want to do right by this person's team because this person's team has other people that could be less bad. But we don't know. So we're going to put this juju potentially in the bank that's going to harm, I think, us. I think it's not a good call for us. And so are we cheapening our product by trying to help ourselves in the future? And this was what I was getting to. It wasn't a perfect example with the thing that you wanted from Todd, because I don't think that him giving that to you would cheapen his thing that he has to give. But it wouldn't make it significantly more valuable. It wouldn't make it better. It wouldn't break the internet. I love you, but how much do you gatekeep around the integrity of your product and the thing that you do that's your business that you need to make money on and you are beholden to customers, whether those are listeners or clients or whoever, and not go too much out of that integrity to do a favor for somebody. It's a great, great point. And 
it brings me back once again to the very start of this conversation, which I guess is probably where we should end it, which is if we're thinking about that email that I got and Steve, who has a big podcast, who doesn't want me on his podcast, you know, it is up to Steve and it is totally got to respect it. Steve has to make decisions about what's best for Steve's podcast. And Steve is also looking to build his stuff and he wants to go out there and be on other people's podcasts. And that's what he wants to do. And that's fine. He's not an asshole for wanting to do that. He's not an asshole for protecting whatever it is that his vision of his podcast is. And if that doesn't include me or anybody else, you know, can't fault him for that and shouldn't fault anybody for wanting to protect the integrity of whatever it is they're building with whatever vision they have. So how do we manage all this? Ultimately, what we're talking about here, the big messy soup of the conversation that you and I have had today is that there is a fine, easily complicated line between human interactions and transactions. And I think that when we navigate these things, we should do our best to be kind and be as useful as we can, but also to be mindful of what it is that we need and not devalue that stuff. And, you know, I I don't know, I guess the point of the whole thing is do the best that you can to not be an asshole, but also sometimes the best thing for you is to... Okay, Jason, so I will just tell you, I did briefly call you an asshole. You are the farthest from an asshole and I would cut anybody who comes your way. So I'm going to just pile on because I would protect you, but I'll tell you in private and also on a mic for everybody to listen to where you feel comfortable, where, you know, we could both learn, grow, rinse, repeat, improve all the things. But this fucking guy, this Steve guy, because I'm always team Jason at the end of the day. We're family. We can argue, but I got you no matter what, Jason. I know. I appreciate it. I got you. And so fucking Steve, I have never heard of this guy or his stupid podcast. And if you have to say you have a big podcast, you do not. (laughs) It is like saying rich people do not have to say they're rich if they're really rich. Powerful people do not have to say they are powerful if they are really powerful. If you have a big podcast, you don't need to say it that way, Steve (laughs) or Steve's person. So Steve's the asshole. Yeah. And Steve is blacklisted from Help Wanted. Steve, you're never coming on. (laughs) You're an asshole. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. 